Welcome back to the Love and You Learn podcast. I am so excited before we jump in today to share with you that my digital course, Deconstruct the Doubts, has gotten a major update. And the reason that I created Deconstruct the Doubts digital course is to help you better understand what is happening when you are doubting your relationship and giving you tools for how to move through it. I created it because I wish I had had this information years ago. I wish that I had someone who was able to guide me and walk alongside me as I was trying to navigate what was going on and how to move through it. And so Deconstruct the Doubts has compiled everything I needed to feel more confident in my relationship so that you're able to move through your relationship anxiety in less time and with more confidence. So if you really resonate with what I share here on this podcast when it comes to relationship doubt, relationship anxiety, and you are looking for ways to move through this with more confidence and knowing how to actually move through these moments of relationship anxiety, then I highly recommend jumping into Deconstruct the Doubt. And if you're listening this week when the podcast goes live, which is the week of February 27th, this is the last week to get the course for $249 with payment plans available and the price goes up this Friday, March 3rd. So check out the show notes for the links to join Deconstruct the Doubts and I hope to see you in there. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the You Love and You Learn podcast. This has been so much fun, and the day I'm recording this is the first podcast that I'm recording after it publicly launched, and I just have to thank you all so much for the support that you've already given. There were people that messaged me saying they listened to all the episodes at once that they could, and I just really appreciate the kind words and the excitement that came from the online communities that I have, as well as friends and family. So whoever you are, thank you so much for listening and being here. Today, I want to talk about relationships being this portal or this opportunity that kind of almost forces us in a way to think about some of life's big questions. Relationships are a place where there's a lot of introspection that happens and we might not realize it, but in choosing someone that we want to be with, there's a lot of questions that come up around what we value, what we find meaningful, what purpose we want to create in our lives, and relationships are almost inseparable from that in some sense, especially if you've ever had a vision of how your relationship will look in your life and how that will play into the overall meaning that you derive from your life. So today I have a handful of points that I kind of want to talk through, but I just have a notebook written in front of me with some ideas. I have some quotes from inspiring people that I want to pull from to kind of talk through this. But ultimately, this is to get you just thinking and maybe even push yourself slightly out of your comfort zone to start thinking about some of these big questions because they're probably already being thought of subconsciously. And so why not use this as an opportunity to maybe start thinking about them a little bit more consciously and intentionally? So the reason I say that relationships are a big area where we ask big questions is because, at least for me, I know this is part of what caused me a lot of anxiety in my own experience. I was asking questions like, what will life look like with Nate? You know, can I picture how life will feel and will I be happy in the future? And just trying to 
kind of think about how my life would unfold by making this choice to be in this relationship. And that brings about almost some existential questions of what do I want my life to look like? What do I find purpose in? What's the meaning of my life? What do I really value? What's important to me? How do I feel fulfilled? And I think that we've unintentionally placed our romantic relationships as one of the biggest ways to answer these questions. And I say unintentionally because it's happened, at least in my experience, as a result of everything I've learned in the movies or the media or just this narrative that you have to find your person, get married, and start this life together. The happily ever afters that we hear about, that's kind of what I always interpreted as, oh, well, I'll be happy when I find my happily ever after. And I didn't really think about much else beyond that and what effort involved was involved on my end and what would actually be needed for me on my end to make my life meaningful and fulfilled. So I think unintentionally, we've placed so much pressure on our romantic relationships to give us this sense of meaning and purpose and fulfillment that we don't stop to realize or think that there's also things outside of this person and this entity of the relationship that can bring you that meaning and purpose and fulfillment. I read a really great book recently called We by Robert Johnson and he talks about the notion of romantic love and how we've actually placed so much expectation on it. I really enjoyed the book. It's definitely, um, for me at least, it was really interesting to learn about. He walks through the story of Tristan and Isolde, so that's like a long um, historical story that has a lot of deeper meaning to it, but then he interprets what the meanings could be. So I really enjoyed it, but I think it's one of those books that different people would enjoy and different people might not based on your style of reading. In the book, though, one thing that really stood out to me, and this ties into this topic of life's big questions and what does our life mean, is this quote. He says, we seek in romantic love to be possessed by our love, to soar to the heights, to find ultimate meaning and fulfillment in our beloved. We seek the feeling of wholeness. And he goes on to say that this is ultimately, in some senses, tied to spiritual aspiration and like, what is the bigger purpose of my life? And in this quote, what really stands out to me is we're seeking the feeling of wholeness in somebody else and in this entity of a relationship. And of course, a relationship can contribute to a fulfilling life and our joy and feeling whole in some senses. But where I think that we sometimes go a little bit off course is by having wholeness be a result of just our partner or just one person in our life. And when we put so much emphasis on our relationship to bring us wholeness or meaning or purpose or fulfillment, then it can take away from some of the other areas in our life where we can show up and create those things. So this is where it takes a little bit of, okay, what do I really want my life to look like here? And what are the other components in my life outside of my relationship 
that help me find meaning and purpose. It's not easy to think about some of these things. Um, When I found myself getting anxious in my relationship with Nate and realizing that I was putting so much pressure on him to make me whole, it also led me to realize that if I wasn't feeling whole, I was blaming him as a result. So when things were going great and I felt really good, I thought that that was only tied to my relationship. But if things were not feeling so great and maybe I wasn't feeling fulfilled or there were external factors, that also led me to blame Nate for not making me happy enough or bringing enough meaning to me when that's actually my responsibility to know what brings me meaning and fulfillment in my life. So in this conversation, I think that a big piece of this is the sometimes daunting task of actually getting to know yourself. What do you like? What do you want? What do you not like? What do you not want in your life? What are things that you value and what are things that you want to work hard towards that would be rewarding and fulfilling for you? I just finished a great book and I'll have to do another episode to talk about resistance, Um, but I just finished a great book called The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield and he talks a lot about resistance. This book talks a little bit more about resistance in the form of your craft or being, you know, an artist and kind of moving through that. But I learned a lot in the context of resistance in relationships and life in general that I can't wait to share more about. In this book, Stephen Pressfield shares that our job in this lifetime is not to shape ourselves into some ideal we imagine we ought to be, but to find who we already are and become it. I think that's so powerful. I'm going to read it one more time. Our job in this lifetime is not to shape ourselves into some ideal we imagine we ought to be, but to find who we already are and become it. I don't know if it's because I just turned 30, but I feel this so deeply in my bones of trying to find who I am and become more of that. I feel like I spent so much time in my 20s, and I don't know if anyone can relate, no matter what age you are, trying to figure out what was the right thing to do and looking to others to tell me what to do and am I following the path that I should be following. There were so many questions around, am I doing life right? Am I doing relationships right? I wanted to be right in the eyes of other people versus following my own authentic I guess, truth, if you will, or following my own authentic desires and things that meant more to me individually. And I think that slowly and steadily, I'm starting to know more about myself and starting to build more appreciation and respect for who I am, not who I think I should be. One example of that is actually starting to have more compassion or at least just acceptance for my anxious tendencies like knowing that there are reasons in my life that had have led me to being a little bit more anxious or it's just a part of myself that i need to understand how it operates instead of trying so hard to constantly change it or fix it there's other things about myself like other little quirks or other things that i enjoy doing and it's just things that i've 
come to appreciate more and more, but it's taken a lot of time. And trust me, I still have plenty of acceptance of myself to do. One of my goals in my uh, 30th decade, I guess, so in the next 10 years, I know that's a long time, but I was talking about this with my therapist, is to really practice actually loving myself, not just doing self-love because it's trendy, not just trying to, you know, hump on a bandwagon or whatever, but to really actually practice loving myself because I've tried the other way. I've tried the opposite way. I've tried berating myself. I've tried being really guilty and hard on myself for everything I feel and experience, and it just doesn't help. It's not helping me move forward. It's not helping me show up as the person that I want to be, and it's exhausting to constantly be my own worst critic. And so that is something that I'm really working on, and even when I say I'm working on it, it can give this sense of that means that I have to fix it or do it, but I'm working on it out of really trying to be kinder to myself, and I'm doing it out of a place of care and kindness and gentleness, um, or I'm trying to at least, versus I have to do this because it's something that someone told me to do. So within this quote of you know trying to find who we already are and become more of that instead of striving for some ideal we imagine we ought to be, I think this really ties into the world of relationships and especially if anyone has anxiety in their relationship. There's so many ideals that we imagine that we have to have in order to have a happy relationship. And we think we have to you know, find the one and they have to be exactly who we imagined they were going to be. If we've ever imagined that type of person, maybe we have a type that we thought they would be and maybe we thought we would live in a certain place or a certain kind of place and maybe they would like the exact same things we did. Whatever ideal we had built up in either like seeing romantic comedies or hearing about experiences from family and loved ones or just what we fantasized about when we were younger, I think oftentimes we can have this sense of exactly how our life should look and then within that exactly how a romantic relationship in our life should look. And so if we're even slightly off track from that expectation, even if the slightly off trackness is actually something that's really meaningful or valuable to us because it's a change or not something we expected, that can feel really scary or intimidating like we're doing something wrong. And so unless we are consciously stopping to check in with ourselves and continue to be open-minded to, you know, hearing the answers of, all right, what is now meaningful to me? Like what gives me purpose? What are my values? What fulfills me? And continually checking in with ourselves as we grow and evolve, not just having this one fixed Uh, vision and never being flexible to change it unless we're doing those check-ins then we might find ourselves kind of holding this one vision for our life that we created when we were maybe a kid or a teenager and always dreamed up but never actually stopped to check back in with ourselves if that was still what we found meaningful and of course there's nothing wrong with having this one set vision and not wanting to change it that's okay 
But if you find that there is new information you're learning or new things that you're experiencing that's making you question some of those old narratives or beliefs, it's okay to change your mind. It's okay to make more room for evolving and growing and having new visions for how your life could turn out. So knowing ourselves and the quest to actually truly know what we desire or what we find meaning in and what we value, I think is something that is really part of everyone's life journey. And some people do it more consciously. I think for me, I'm sometimes almost too conscious of trying to find these answers. Like I I really am trying to kind of seek them out versus sometimes letting them present themselves. But I think there's plenty of people that just organically, as they're going through life, they are asking these questions and, and checking in with themselves as new chapters of their life unfold. So what are some of these biggest questions? I know I've shared some of them already, but I think some of the almost existential, excuse me, I keep mispronouncing that word, existential questions we can ask ourselves is, who am I really? Like, who is Sarah Yudkin? What what does Sarah Yudkin believe and think? And, you know, who do I want to be if maybe some of those parts of myself um, that I am experiencing now, like if there's some things I want to grow and evolve and change, can I look at that with compassion and openness and curiosity instead of with shame and guilt? Can I accept the parts of myself that are maybe not as flashy and exciting just as much as can I as accepting those parts of myself that maybe are more acceptable? So it's this quest of like really learning about you and who you are. And sometimes we learn more about ourselves in a relationship than we might on our own. That's what I have found. I found that I have learned so much more about what I believe and what I think is right and wrong and what I really care about in response to things that are happening in my relationship. That has been a huge aha moment for me in my time with Nate. Another big life question that I think a lot of people can tend to ask themselves is, what is normal like what is life supposed to be like and that's that question can be a slippery slope because that's sometimes when we outsource our sense of you know what we believe onto other people and look to other people for answers but i think that there is this sort of like existential question of like what is normal and am i doing something that is going to be approved of and I think that when we have this balance between what do I really believe and think and like what is kind of normal, then we can find some way to meet in the middle because we don't only want to be looking at what is normal externally and let that completely influence us because then we give up and sacrifice maybe something we truly believe. But if we're so focused only on what we believe and we're not open to hearing, you know, some other information, then it might also be hard to grow and evolve and continue, I guess, refining what we think and feel and believe over time. So I think there's a happy medium between kind of like, this is exactly how I believe and feel and think, and looking to others for what is quote, quote, normal in life. And you have to find that unique balance for you of what works. I know for a long time, like I mentioned in my 20s, I completely outsourced 
my sense of self onto what was normal and that felt way out of balance for me. Now I'm trying to pivot more into who am I, what do I think, feel, and believe, and starting to look more internally before I'm seeking that externally. Another thing I want to bring into this conversation is that sometimes when we ask the big questions in our life, such as what is meaningful to me, there can also be this element of what is so important to me in my life that I'm willing to go through the challenges that arise because of this thing being so important. Because most things in life, at least that I have experienced or what I have learned from others, most of the things that we really do derive so much meaning from and so much fulfillment, they come with their own sets of growing pains or challenges or worded another way as problems. And I'm putting problems in quotes because I don't necessarily think that that word always has a great connotation. But for the sake of this, I'm going to use a quote from Mark Manson that I really have loved when I think about things in my life that are bringing me meaning and purpose, but also that I find challenging. So I'm going to read this excerpt from his book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F. All right, so he says, often the only difference between a problem being painful or being powerful is a sense that we chose it and that we are responsible for it. If you're miserable in your current situation, Chances are it's because you feel like some part of it is outside your control, that there's a problem that you have no ability to solve, a problem that was somehow thrust on you without your choosing. When we feel that we're choosing our problems, we feel empowered. When we feel that our problems are being forced upon us against our will, we feel victimized and miserable. The reason I'm weaving this into the conversation is because Some of the most um, powerful, I guess, if you will, to use Mark's words, experiences that I've had in my life are things that have also brought a series of challenges. So, for example, being in my relationship with Nate, that is something that is very powerful to me, but it also at many times felt painful. Same thing with this business, You Love and You Learn. I find so much power and so much meaning and so much uh, fulfillment. And when I say power, I mean like self-power of just like the fact that I was able to do something that I've always wanted to do and start a business. It feels really powerful and like I have been building a lot of confidence in myself as a person by having this business. But it's also come with some moments of pain and challenge. And so what problems, if you will, are you willing to have in your life in order to get to the things that are meaningful or valuable to you? Because if we are choosing to do something, then we are much more empowered to continue versus feeling like there's no choice in the matter, there's nothing we can possibly do to solve it, and that it's just going to always be this way. So let me give both an example with my relationship and my business and hopefully these examples can relate to something that you've experienced in your life 
so that you can think about it in your own way as well. So when I first had relationship anxiety, it felt very painful. It felt like a problem that was painful. I felt like it was out of my control, that I couldn't solve it, and that it was thrust on me without me choosing it, right? So I felt that why me? Why don't other people feel as anxious as I do? Why does everyone else seem so relaxed in their relationship? And then I'm feeling anxious. It felt like a problem that was very painful and out of my control. But once I realized that I'm choosing to be in my relationship, no one's forcing me to be in my relationship and that I actually wanted to be there, as I shared in my relationship anxiety story in episode two, no matter what, I never wanted to actually leave my relationship. No matter how anxious I got, there was never a moment where I actually decided to leave. And even if you've had moments where you do decide to leave, that doesn't necessarily mean that was a final decision. But nonetheless, for me, I'm choosing to work through this relationship anxiety. And so instead of it needing to be something that was so painful and just like, why me? I can't believe this is happening to me, all of that. I decided to make it something that I was intentionally choosing and that I was responsible for resolving. And so that's where I ended up, you know, being on this path for the last two and a half years to really understand relationships. And I know I still have so much to learn. And so when I know that I'm choosing to be here, it feels so much better than feeling like I have no control in the matter and that like Nate is forcing me to be here. That's not true. This is my choice and my responsibility. And so I think that this is a really important insight because in our life the things that give us meaning give us fulfillment might also feel challenging or like they're a problem at times and so we have to kind of ask ourselves the question like what problems am i willing to have in order to create the life of meaning and purpose and for me the problems i'm willing to have in my relationship are having to work through communication challenges or having moments where I'm triggered because love can be scary, but working through that, like there's going to be things that come up in a long-term relationship that may feel at the time like problems. And we have to at some point decide, okay, if I value a long-term relationship that is thriving and meaningful and grows over time, what problems can I accept in order to get there? All right, now let's go into the example of me growing my business. So I will be transparent and say that there have been plenty of moments where it has felt painful to have a business. It has felt hard. It has felt like something that was out of my comfort zone. Taxes in a new country were very overwhelming for me. I've gone through multiple different iterations of my tax process trying to make it a little bit more convenient, but that has felt painful. There have been moments where I've gotten negative feedback on social media and that has felt painful. There have been moments where I've doubted myself. Um, There's so many moments that I have been feeling like they were painful, even though there were many growth and learning opportunities that arose from those quote, quote, painful moments. But As Mark says in his quote, the only difference between a problem being painful or being powerful is a sense that we chose it and that we are responsible for it. So at the end of the day, I chose to create 
a business and it started off as just a passion project and then I chose to create a business out of it to help other people move through relationship anxiety. So my mission is to help people feel less alone and help spread the message about relationship anxiety to the world and help people feel more confident in their relationships because I knew that I learned so much about relationship anxiety and relationships from my unique experiences and that other people could learn from that. And it makes me so happy to get to do that. So when I shift from those moments in business being painful to being powerful as growth opportunities that it feels so much better it feels so much better to say i'm responsible because i'm choosing to have a business i get to do so many amazing things i get to connect with so many amazing people i've grown so much in having a business and so these challenging moments are inevitable and so In going back to the topic of this podcast of kind of life's big questions and finding meaning and purpose, one of the pillars is ultimately to understand what problems or challenges you're willing to have in order to create that life of meaning. All right, so that's all I had written down. I enjoyed kind of riffing a bit on this topic. I think that it's something that comes up for me a lot and I'm constantly thinking about it. And when we can give ourselves a little compassion that because we're in a relationship, we're sort of faced with these big life questions and sometimes existential questions of who am I? What do I value? What what does life mean? What is life going to look like? And all of that, it can just, oh, we can give ourselves a little permission just to be human and to be scared when being faced with some of these big questions because they're not always easy to answer. They're not easy to answer, but they are important to answer. And so just starting to, if you haven't before, or if you've already asked yourself these type of questions, like continuing to check in with yourself, like I said, of like, who are you? What do you believe? What do you enjoy? What lights you up in your life, both in and out of a relationship? Like, What are things outside of just being in a relationship that are meaningful to you? And how can you continue to weave those things in even if you're in a relationship? Because our relationships are one part of our life and many narratives have taught us that they should be the only thing that we focus on. But there's other things in life too that we can focus on and that can bring us meaning. And Part of that is really connecting to ourselves. I find so much meaning when I continue to learn more about myself and strengthen the relationship I have to myself. And then it also helps me show up as a better partner. That's all I have for today. Thank you again so much for listening. I've been having so much fun already with the podcast. So please, if you have enjoyed this podcast, it would mean so much to me if you can leave a review and a rating. That's how I help spread the word about these types of topics to others and how we can get this conversation more part of the culture instead of just feeling like we're alone in these types of thoughts and conversations. So I'd really appreciate rating and reviewing and if you have anyone you know in your life that you think would enjoy this conversation i'd really appreciate you sharing it with them directly as well also if you would like please dm me at you love and you learn on instagram with any thoughts you have about the podcast i'd really love to hear more from you about how you're enjoying it which episodes you're loving any topics that you have ideas for so 
I can't wait to hear more from you. And thanks for listening again. I'll see you in the next episode.